0: What is teamwork in engineering and how do you teach it at a world-class university? Our guest is Professor Emanuela Tilly from UCL. She describes her experience in teaching teamwork to thousands of students. She defines teamwork as working well with others to collectively achieve a common goal while balancing team goals with self-interest. We discuss difficulties to operationalise its constituent skills and their relative strengths in students. She advocates assessment schemes which are heavily weighted towards peer review and process and highlights educators' responsibility to foster psychological safety and self-discovery.
1: Welcome to the European Engineering Educators podcast by CEFI, the European Society for Engineering Education. We're a non-profit international organisation active since 1973 and the largest European network of engineering educators. Our mission is to develop and improve engineering education and strengthen its image in society.
0: We're your hosts, I'm Dr Neil Cook
1: and I'm Natalie Went. Today we're going to discuss what teamwork is and the psychological and practical support that UCL has given thousands of graduates to help them develop this skill. Personally Um, From my perspective, I find encouraging students to engage in teamwork with a positive mindset to be challenging. And I think this is mainly due to my own experiences. What about you, Neil?
0: I think with my experience of teamwork, I've developed modules with hundreds of students of art. And I have found that managing the anxiety can eclipse everything else you're trying to achieve. Um, So I'm really interested to hear about how you can mitigate those student anxieties.
1: Hi, Emanuela. Thank you for agreeing to come today.
2: Oh, my, absolutely. My pleasure. It's great to be here.
1: So Emanuela Tiller is a professor of engineering education and director of the Integrated Engineering Programme at University College London in London, UK. Professor Tilly has established an international profile in the areas of leading curriculum design and development, as well as operational and cultural change required to support and foster large-scale and cross-disciplinary innovation in engineering education. She is a board director for CEFI, the European Society of Engineering Education, and principal fellow of the Higher Education Academy in the UK. So, have you always worked at UCL, Emanuela? Um, no, actually, um, I came to UCL in 2013
2: from industry, um, having many years working um, as an engineering project consultant in the built environment. I was part of many interdisciplinary teams working together to design some of the most famous architectural buildings and, and master plans that exist in the world today.
0: Welcome, Emanuela.
2: Hi, Neil. Great to hear from you.
0: Hi. Um, so, you're at University College London, um, UCL, which was founded in 1826. It calls itself London's leading multidisciplinary university with more than 13,000 staff, 42,000 students from 150 different countries. So, Emanuela, before we discuss teamwork, can you tell us a little bit about the engineering faculty at UCL?
2: Yeah, I'll be delighted to. Engineering at UCL, um, we're quite a large faculty. Um, we have about uh, 6, students from undergraduate all the way to PhD and about 400 academic staff so we're a rather large faculty and within it we've got our flagship program called the IEPU or the Integrated Engineering Program and it's recognized as being an attempt to totally transform the undergraduate opportunity and it's really about focusing on developing the individual student and their skill sets giving them more authentic learning experiences Breaking down the barriers uh, between disciplines so that we can do some interdisciplinary learning and, and putting in more student centered learning activities so that the student can develop themselves as well as their own interests.
0: So, before we start on discussing your work in this area, can you give us a quick summary of what we mean by teamwork in engineering and why you think it is important and relevant to teach?
2: yeah, sure, absolutely. We define teamwork as a person's ability to work well with others to collectively achieve a common goal. So for students that is you know working on a project together to come up with you know a, a solution to a problem, it could very well be you know coming together to create the reports that would be required in that coursework. If we look at teamwork and engineering and the teams that I worked on in industry, we are working together perhaps across different companies to establish something um, together. Ultimately, you know, each one of us are balancing the goals of the team with our individual interests. So every student must get something from the team experience in order to make it worthwhile. Um, So that's how we would define it. And we often communicate it to students.
0: Okay. I was looking at the literature on teamwork and there are a number of attributes which can be considered part of what we mean by the teamwork skill. Your answer very much focused on the, one of the main attributes, which is the shared goal and value. Are there any other attributes that you think are also important in teamwork?
2: Yeah, there's a whole list of them, actually. Other things include commitment to team success, motivation interpersonal skills, open and effective communication. That would include giving constructive feedback and knowing what is constructive feedback. Certainly leadership and accountability can be, be put in that list. I think those are a, fee,
1: a few of the, the, the ones that would be ranked up there in, on, on a list. So Emanuela, when I speak to my colleagues about teamwork, it seems to be the assumption that because students are working in teams then you know that's the sort of benchmark of good teamwork i'm just wondering how you would define good teamwork when when you're working with students
2: i think the skills required for good teamwork can be perhaps broken down into those that are recognized as being more operational students particularly in the first couple of years are very good at trying to use tools to enable those skills. So things like time management, project management, those type of skills are perhaps easier to operationalize and for students to understand. Students know that communication is something that they they have to do and that conflicts are going to come up. And so all these are recognized, perhaps they are skills that are are then developed. The other thing, other skills that are perhaps less acknowledged are things that also need to be worked on, like their own self-awareness so that they understand what part they play, respecting including difference in others, resilience, flexibility. These are all skills that perhaps are not as talked about or taught or, or even facilitated and supported. So those ones, I would say, are a lot harder to develop but all but are required for
1: good teamwork okay and so i'm making the assumption that it's not always the groups with the strongest teamwork that have the best solutions um Mm. to whatever task they're doing so how would you then identify you know really strong teamwork as a process as a as opposed to the product perhaps being created I think the teams
2: that work well together are those that take the time to work on working together. So those that prioritize what it takes to keep the, the the team working together effectively are the ones that do well. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have a very good leader. Many of those teams don't have leaders at all, but they've set up strategies And they give time to recognizing that the teamwork also takes time. So checking in with people regularly, making sure that, you know, everyone understands their roles and responsibilities, interconnections between who's doing what work and and trying to see, you know, gaps in the work it's always about how the team is working not just about how the project is going in terms of their development or you know the success they're having with developing the solution i i would say those are the ones that are the most successful that actually prioritize the 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 time uh, that it takes to to be a good team
1: and is that something that you provide sort of tools for in terms of you know developing some of those Competencies and and skills that you've spoke about that are necessary. Um, how do you how do you support with that within the IEP?
2: We are doing team working at a large scale. So in the first year, we've got you know a thousand students doing teamwork on a module, and this happens in their first term with us. But then we also have that carries on through the second and third year and fourth year. So for us at scale. It was it's really important in the first year, particularly to give them the operational tools, you know, to be able to manage their work and their time, to understand the work that they have to do, break it down. Um, they can break it down for themselves and to task and to operationalize it. So that includes like they get they have minute they expected to meet and have minutes in their meetings, they have spreadsheets for all of their small deliverables that achieve the the larger deliverable or the the, the project at the end of the day. But we also try to start talking about what it takes to be able to manage each other within a team.
0: So, Emanuela, building on this idea of tools um, for support, I'm interested to know what your support mechanisms are in the IEP for, for building these team skills. You know, how, how, are you, how are you teaching it? What are your interventions?
2: Yeah, one of the one of the skills that we really focus on is trying to create psychological safety within the teams. And that means building trust. And so one of the ways to do that is to enable students to recognize who they are. In induction, in the first year, we start talking to students about their strengths and the diversity of a team and the need for diversity in the team for teams to thrive or the, the benefit of having diversity in the team. So when the students start talking about themselves and the strengths that they can provide to the team, that, that offers that opportunity to start talking as a group of individuals, as a group of people. And that is a skill set that supports what we were saying about getting students to take time to focus on their teamwork, not just the project work. So the way we've done that is we've introduced we've given students an opportunity to do what's called a strengths quest test. So it's an individual type test, a typing test, where they go online um, and they they take a psychological or psychometric test, and they come out with their top five strengths out of a a, a group of 34 that are that are part of this research that Gallup, the provider, provides. And, and it gives them an opportunity to start thinking about what their strengths are. And they bring this to their teamwork. It's, it's, it's an icebreaker opportunity for teams to, to come together and, and really trying to think about who's in the team and how they're going to work going forward. I was just going to say that um, we also then help students create roles and responsibilities within their teams based on their strengths. So, again, focusing on how they're going to get the work done. And it allows the students just to be a little bit more open and honest about even their time management skills. We talk about whether or not students are those that procrastinate or those that plan. Opening up this language about who you are, how you like to work. We even talk a little bit about introversion and extroversion. So it's giving that time, particularly at the beginning of the team formation, for students to talk, talk about who they are and how they can contribute to the team and how they want to work together as a team.
0: You're using the Gallup Clifton Strengths Themes questionnaire with your students, and um, there's 34 different qualities of team, team performance and team strengths. Out of those 34, do you see any that are more prevalent than others in students?
2: Oh, that's really interesting. There are certainly those, particularly in engineering, that are very much uh, achievers or strategic thinkers. The other two categorizations that break down the 34 are influencers and relationship builders. And so if we look at all the data, our engineers are are mainly strategic thinkers and achievers. That, that's what the data provides. But there are, when you meet with students, because we meet with teams and we, and we facilitate a meeting that helps them talk about their strengths and how they can work in the team together. There are students that have complete relationship building skills and they like to focus on how they're going to communicate together, how they're going to, to, to work together, how they can keep keep the harmony working. So it doesn't happen often, but those students are often the ones that really come out of those meetings to say, "This is important to me, and I really want to make this a priority for our team."
0: Okay, that, that that's that's really interesting. Is is there any of those qualities, those strengths that you think are underrepresented in engineering? You talked about ones which are which are common. Um, is there any that you think? Oh, there could be more of of, of people with this particular quality.
2: I think, I mean, the, the data does show that there's less of the student body that have in their top five the, the influencing strengths or, or themes. So that being being able to, to negotiate, to influence others with their ideas, to be able to, they have something called um, command or woo. So woo is to win others over. The data shows that we have less of those in our student body. And so, therefore, perhaps have to work a little bit harder to, to in those areas.
1: Okay, so individually you support students in determining their own strengths through this tool. As, is that then used in order to form, form the teams?
2: There are examples of using it to, to form teams. A couple of departments have, have done this. They've been very clear and open with the students, so the students kind of give up, give over their their top five strengths, and and they're organized in that way. It doesn't always happen. I'm not necessarily sure that it's a it's a great way to organize it, or that it gives any you know potential leg up to teams because they've been organized this way. The organization of the teams is varied across the whole faculty. So sometimes it's based on performance. Mixing the performance of the students, the top students, with those that are not as high achievers. It's certainly mixing of genders and certainly a diversity of of students from different backgrounds, both national and international students. There's quite a lot of factors that are used to form teams. Sometimes it's even random. I've had colleagues back in the days where it was face-to-face they used to form the groups based on who came through the door at one, at the, the very first, you know, kickoff session of the project. And that those that were there first created, you know, groups there and those that were last that came in last were they were there. So I, I'm not sure that mechanism is anything is really that r- relevant, or we see that there's a leg up in any way in when in way organizing it apart from, We are very big advocates for making them diverse and that there is support for, you know, genders, not letting any one gender be isolated or even cultural backgrounds, you know, international students versus national students. So there is a making sure that we have some diversity there. When it comes to strengths, I would say the approach would be that And this is the way we teach it to the students is that every student can be a proactive team worker based on their own strengths and that they contribute based on what they think their strengths are. And we believe all leaders can too. Leaders can be those that are rooted in the details of the project as well as strategic thinkers. Leaders can be, you know, all focusing on the people in the project or the project itself. You can, you can be a leader in your own set of strengths. And we believe that to be the same with team working, that you come to the team based on your strengths, as well as your skill sets and your knowledge and your past experiences. And all of that forms how you will, you know, participate in that group. Could you just
0: tell us a bit about the the process of reflection? How do you get students to reflect?
2: So the the students tend to reflect through a peer assessment exercise. We have different ways of doing peer assessment. So peer assessment is not, we don't do it in the way of peer assessing each other's work. We peer assess each other's contribution to the teamwork. So from the beginning of the project, students are expected to be able to almost peer mark um, their colleagues in the team on how they contributed to the team successfully reaching their goals. We can do this by setting out the criteria for the students to reflect on, both their own performance as well as their peers, or in many cases, and we still do this in the first year, where the student teams set out that criteria. So as a team, when they set up their team contract, when they have what we call their five golden rules, The team sets out what their five golden rules are for working together as a team. And it might be that every student has to attend meetings or every student has to uh, report on their progress each week or whatever it is, whatever their golden rules are, kind of turns into how they will hold each other accountable. So it's very clear what you're expected to do in the team. And then, when you peer assess at the end of the project, it's all based on whether or not you adhered to those rules and goals. So, we ask the students to create the criteria themselves. And then at the end of the project, they reflect on their performance so that we can gauge whether or not, when they assess each other, they are being honest. So, it's comparative to what they think their contribution is, and, and vice versa. So that is now embedded in all of the project work that we do across the faculty and is the biggest reflection tool that we have.
0: So you're using the reflection tool as part of the assessment of students' teamwork abilities.
2: That's right. And, and, and it is a contribution to their mark. So there are two right. ways to do that. We either, uh, and in the first years, it. Uh, in the projects that they do in the first year, is we explicitly say ten percent of your mark is going to be towards this peer assessment of uh, your team contribution, or sometimes it's um, it's what we call a multiplication factor. So you know the uh, the final report or the the project as a whole would be multiplied by a factor which could differentiate your individual mark from the team mark by plus or minus 10%, so a, gra- a letter grade, as we would call it. So it does have an impact. And that's not to say that we give over these marks to peer assessment. They are heavily scrutinized. So in the larger projects, because we've got a, a variety of projects that go on, some are one-week intensive, some are module-based, you know, um, some are whole-year-based. And based on how big the project is, sometimes we give different points of reflection as well. So maybe at the midway point, they do a peer assessment that is formative so that the academic leads get a sense of what's really going on, what are the peers saying about each other, as well as at the end, and that the summative mark only happens at the end. But if it's a large project and the students are working on it for a long time, that midway point can give academic leads a sense of how the teams are really working based on that peer assessment. And then facilitate accordingly. But at the end of it, there's always an impact on their mark.
0: Are there any observations you've made about the, the, the students' peer assessment returns? Is there anything in, in those returns that, that stands out as being a, a recurrent theme when, when students are assessing each other?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the things that anyone would, anyone would say, you know, in my team is that those peer assessment marks are very neutral, if you like, for teams that do well or that are having a positive or a satisfactory opportunity, you know, team working uh, experience and opportunity. Where they they are really useful is where there are those teams that are having issues, you know, the dynamics of where there is perhaps, you know, too strong of a leadership or there is are those that are ghosting or being a uh, you know a passenger if you like it really helps us to to make that aware and then to be able to deal with them in terms of you know facilitating the group but also putting in perhaps some mentoring like we often then refer them to their personal tutors um, so that in the next experience for teaching for team for teamwork there is an improvement there or there's a monitoring of their next experience of teamwork if they are perhaps the, the passenger. So, you know, for 80% of the teams, those peer assessment marks are nothing, you know, unusual and they're positive and and the marks are therefore granted to the students. For those teams that are really struggling for one way or another, it just helps to highlight that. And it also gives the students some accountability and some honesty about what how they've been contributing to this project so that not everyone gets the same mark. And rightfully so, I think in many cases, students often kind of come to an understanding that this, the mark, if it, if it was a penalty, that it was it was warranted because they didn't put the work in. The last thing that I would say is that it's always in scrutiny with the academic leads. There, there is a conversation piece here that there is that facilitation and the support. It's not without engaging week by week with the, team, with the teams, understanding their progress you know, face-to-face or online to see whether or not that the academic or the teaching assistants experience of the team is also that which, which is written in the peer assessment. There's definitely some reports of students gaming the system, but if students are coming together to game the system, then clearly they're working alright. You know, you know if if and you know four people are in a team and they're all going to give themselves hundred percent because it was a great experience. Great. If there are four team members that are gaming the system and you know pushing someone out, that's going to show up and we're going to ask the questions so that you can recognize the gaming. If it's positive gaming. I think it's a reflection of how the experience went, and it's okay. Where the gaming is happening, that it's, it's exclusionary, like it's, it's excluding other students, we, we flag it and we address it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting you talk about gaming gaming the system as being a, a positive quality in some respects because there is, that requires a degree of collaboration and uh, application.
1: Do you ever experience any issues where students don't necessarily – value the different skills and different types of knowledge that students from varying backgrounds bring, which aren't necessary, necessarily valued within the academic system.
2: Oh, well, that's really interesting. I mean, I think... We perhaps at UCL just acknowledge that we, the, our, our student intake is probably a lot more homogeneous than, oh, yeah, than, uh, than other institutions. Yeah. So, um, but that being said, there is work to be done there to have a conversation about perhaps the type of skills that the project needs, mm-hmm. right? And that could the academic lead really try to, in the project work itself, the way it's broken down, maybe the tasks that are required, particularly in the first year when, you know, the, the students probably don't have a lot of team working. It's probably going to be one of their first experiences of working with students that have different skill sets that if we could do more in the way we set out the project, Breaking down the tasks a little bit more, having the students understand the type of work that's required of it, the diversity of work, and how to even get the students to think about the roles that are associated with the task, then they can try to kind of say, Well, I'd be I'm better at this, or I've got, you know, MATLAB skills, right? Which is a coding, you know, abstract thinking sort of thing, as opposed to just mathematics, or I've got better building in and uh, woodwork skills. So therefore I'd be better at the prototyping and I'd like to take a lead on that. If we can do better as educators to break down the work, particularly in the first year and help the students understand how they can work together and get the best out of each, each one of you, I think that could go a long way. But then also, I think also trying to understand where there, that diversity is and giving you know, more space with an academic there for the students to talk out what they're doing, how they're doing it, and what they're working on together, so that it's almost a forced meeting of progress and what they're actually working on, then the academic can help pull that out if the students aren't doing it themselves. But there's probably a lot more coaching and mentoring that's required there
1: on behalf of the students, particularly in their first instances of working together. That's more something that we need to focus on as educators in terms of re-evaluating what we value within our education system.
0: So we've talked about some of the support mechanisms that you have. One of the things that I was quite interested in, in in your answer, Emanuela, was the concept of psychological safety and what that Entails. We can create environments uh, for students which are psychologically safe, and we sometimes may inadvertently do things which are um, unsafe. Um, so I, I thought I'd, I'd like to know your views on, on on that, and perhaps give us some examples of uh, of where you've seen um, good and uh, not so good practice.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, um, there's a, a case study that we we talk about within the program given by google where they've said that you know the head of industry at google says there's no team without trust and so that's what psychological safety is you you can define it by the belief that each member of the team holds to say that you won't be punished when you make a mistake or that you you've had a bad idea or a crazy idea or you know you've gone off piece or something like that, so that you you won't be punished by your peers and so it allows for a little bit of risk taking, speaking your mind, being creative, sticking your neck out without it having to be cut off. So just like things that are encouraged in in the industry when you take on a job. They want people to be creative. That they want them to speak their mind and to contribute. So, but that you can't do that unless you feel safe, and that's that's something that we work really hard on with students in their in their team working. And this often doesn't really happen until after they've done a few experiences of teamwork. Because what we're finding at UCL is that in the first year, we really want to put in team working experiences. But we recognize that it's often the first one for our students. So, you know, we give them all the operational tools so that they can manage the work. But it's not until they have the experiences of things that have worked, or perhaps the things that haven't worked within their teammates, that they can then reflect on how they've lost that sense of trust, you know, whether or not they feel like they can communicate, whether or not they feel like they've built a relationship with their teammates where they can successfully move forward. So, We now, because of our large scaleness, we we teach and we support students in their team working in that way so that it feels more operational and then it's more reflective and it's all based on, well, have you ever experienced that safety before? What does it feel like? How did you give it to someone else? How did did you receive it from, from another person in your team? So we talk about things up front about like, conflict is going to happen in a team so perhaps how would you approach that before it even happens um, so we talk about that we much like what we do with the strength finders we try to bring the student to think about it's an actual other person that you're talking to so they have ber- beliefs and perspectives and opinions just like they do and to start respecting those there are a A whole bunch of things like that where it does feel like it takes a lot of time and effort, but it's really through reflection that we get them to start talking about it in this way. But I think at the end of the day, now that we've gone through a full graduate class and and we're getting alumni out of this, I think they're
1: recognising the value of it. I was just wondering if to finish off, you'd be able to offer some advice to our listeners to sort of better teach teamwork in their institution so like one takeaway point sure i'll try to keep it to one takeaway point
2: i would say that you know trying to separate out the the operations elements of teams you know managing themselves with and then adding in that psychological safety bit is something to strive for but that's going to only happen if you have academic staff that are there dedicated to supporting the students, really kind of creating opportunities for the students to start talking about themselves and who they are um, and creating that atmosphere. I think I mentioned about that this can't and usually won't just happen in one team working experience, but you know that module lead that's doing team working on their own in a module and that the students don't do it elsewhere, m- more work needs to be done so that students see this in, in more opportunities so
1: that they get the value of trying again. Um so just to finish off, just really want to thank you, um Emanuela, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And it's been lovely to speak to you.
0: Thank you, Ma- Emanuela.
1: Oh uh, thanks. It was really lovely to be here.
0: So what's your key takeaway gonna be?
1: I think the importance of understanding ourselves so students understanding their own motivations but also i think as engineering educators we're not necessarily trained to know how to facilitate that what about you
0: i think for me it was to put more prominence on how i assess the teamwork process rather than the end product and maybe get a better understanding of how we make teamwork psychologically safe. Thanks for listening today to this episode. And we hope that you can take away some ideas about how to better teach teamwork. So thanks again to our guest, Professor Emanuele Tilly from UCL. I'm Neil Cook from the University of Birmingham.
1: And I'm Natalie Wimp from Swansea University. Goodbye. Bye.